A big rift has emerged in the government over, well, literal jobs for the boys. Just who is going to be the finance minister when the changeover of Taoiseach happens in December? And why is it important that Ireland holds on to the job of Eurogroup president? Well, let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome along. This week we've got a good old-fashioned political row. The coalition is heading into uncharted waters for the first time in Ireland's history. There's about to be a voluntary change in Taoiseach. Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil have agreed that on December 15th, Micheál Martin will step down as leader of the country and the Dáil will vote Leo Varadkar in for another term as the top man. This was all signed, sealed and agreed two years ago by the government parties. But it has plenty of scope to get messy and the first mess has emerged over what other roles are going to change. Confident and hopeful that we'll see uh, all three parties endorsing this coalition agreement today, um, able to establish a new government tomorrow and get down to work and get busy and that's the most important thing. From the moment that Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and the Greens signed off on this unique arrangement, we knew that December 2022 was going to be difficult. Here's exactly what they agreed in writing about the changeover from the programme for government. The leader of Fianna Fáil will hold the office of Antishuk from that point until December 15th, 2022, on which days he will offer his resignation to the President and all parties and TDs supporting the government will support the nomination of the leader of the Fine Gael party. Membership of government and the roles of ministers will be continued save where agreed in advance by party leaders. So the only role confirmed to switch in the programme for government at least is that of Taoiseach. But we know that there was a deal that Micheál Martin, Leo Varadkar and Eamon Ryan came up with and it's actually quite a bit more complicated than that. We don't have any public record of what exactly was agreed. It seems like a sort of a back of the cigarette packet deal, although none of them smoke, maybe back of a green tea packet. The understanding around Leinster House is that the deal will also see the role of finance minister swap in December. The role of Attorney General could also change. It's a Fianna Fáil pick at the moment, but my understanding is that the Coalition doesn't want one party to have both the Justice Minister and the Attorney General picked from one party. So likely, Paul Gallagher is probably going to stay with the permission of Fine Gael as AG and Helen McEntee will stay in the Department of Justice. That seems like the most simple one. It also looks like Fine Gael will get the role of Chief Whip for the government in the changeover, which makes a certain amount of, of sense given that the Chief Whip is based in the Department of Taoiseach and that the chairmanship of the Shannad will change as well. So, where's the problem? All of this was agreed ages ago, but not long after the government was formed, this happened. In an exciting and competitive race to elect a new president to lead the Eurogroup going forward. Let me formally announce to you that the Eurogroup has a new president, Pascal Donoyou. Pascal's term, which is two years and a half, will begin on July 13th. Pascal Donoghue became the first Irishman elected as president of the Eurogroup. And now, two years on, Fine Gael is pretty keen on him keeping that job and the influence that comes with it. But why? Why is this gig so important, even though it's something that a lot of you have probably never heard of? Well, let's start with what the Eurogroup actually is. My name is Pascal Donoghue and I'm the president of the Eurogroup. The Eurogroup is the group of finance ministers that represent countries that share a common currency in the Euro. 
The Eurogroup was set up in 1997 for finance ministers from different countries who use the Euro to meet and discuss economic policy and just what they're doing. They might discuss, for example, how to make sure their policies are as closely aligned as possible and that they work together to strengthen the value of the currency. Usually the Eurogroup meets once a month ahead of an ECOFIN meeting, with ECOFIN being a meeting of economic and finance ministers from the entire EU, regardless of whether or not they use the Euro. So basically... There's a lot of influence in that room. You have the finance ministers discussing how to manage and run a currency that's used by 337 million of us who use the euro every day. The group elects a president on a two and a half year term. And that president chairs the meetings, sets the agenda, sets the long term body of work and things that the bloc is going to discuss. And then engages with the likes of, say, the European Commission, the European Central Bank and the European Parliament. And as importantly, the president also represents the Eurogroup at big international meetings. The G7, for example, would be attended by Pascal Donoghue, and there are lots of key meetings with other international players. He's had a number of engagements with Janet Yellen, the US Secretary of the Treasury, including having her visit Ireland, for example. So you can quite quickly see it's not a role where Pascal Donoghue gets to make any big decisions by himself and decide the future of the euro or any of that. But it's what the Department of Foreign Affairs likes to call soft power, as a phrase Irish diplomats love. Like, we're not a hard power country. We don't have a big army. We don't have any nukes that we're pointing at any other countries. We're never going to invade anyone. But soft power is something we like to think we have, being in the room when important decisions are happening, like the UN Security Council, for example, having that reputation for peacekeeping on the world stage. And in other words, getting other countries to like us and influencing world policy as a result. But how much influence really does the president of the Eurogroup have? Like, would we even know who it is if it wasn't an Irish man? Well, Leo Varadkar told News Talk Breakfast Shane Coleman recently that he thinks the role comes with an awful lot of influence. The presidency of the Eurogroup is probably the most important position that any Irish man or woman holds at the moment in the world. Pascal Donoghue chairs the meeting of Eurozone finance ministers. He engages with the ECB around issues like interest rate policy, engages with the Commission around fiscal policy, how much we're allowed to spend, for example, as a government. Um, He attends G7 meetings, meets with Janet Yellen, for example, and he's used that role to influence global decisions, you know, making sure that deal on corporate tax that we did at at an international level protected our interests, Um, being able to talk to the ECB about interest rate policy, for example. It would be so, a shame to lose that role, you're I, saying. I, I, I don't think there's a country in Europe that wouldn't like to get that role from us if they could. Now, to me, that seems a bit overagging it. The most important Irish person in the world, I am not so sure. But Leo Varadkar actually went one further a few days later at a press conference. I think 10 or 11 years ago, uh, when decisions were being made about bank guarantees and bank bailouts and burning bondholders and all that, uh, it's a real shame that the president of the Eurozone at the time wasn't an Irish person. Um, it might have been a different decision uh, had there been an Irish person in the room uh, and we would have been in a very different place. So clearly Leo Varadkar thinks this is a job that comes with an awful lot of influence and could indeed have changed Ireland's history had we had it in the past. But the Taoiseach Micheál Martin, he's saying when it comes to the changeover of government, a deal's a deal. I think we've been very clear on that and um, Leo and, and myself when we first talked about um, forming this government uh, with Eamon Ryan, the, the issue of parity of esteem was one that, that he and Fine Gael would have put to us quite rightly. Uh, and in my view, parity of esteem is essential. And that means in terms of positions, that the positions that each party will you know, have in government must reflect that. 
The two ministers involved in Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath are very much saying, look, this is a matter for the party leaders. We're trying to do a budget here. Well, at least publicly. Here's Pascal Donoghue. I fully appreciate as we get ready for an important change in government later on in the year, uh, there will be uh, different issues that need to be resolved, which is why uh, what will happen is the party leaders will work on this matter and uh, will make a decision in relation to us. Uh, Michael, who I speak to every day, who I meet with every day, what we're focused on is completing the budget. Now, a number of solutions to this standoff where Pascal Donoghue wants to keep the role but needs to be cycled out of finance have been put forward. Number one, well, just leave Pascal Donoghue as finance minister. Uh, no thank you, says Fianna Fáil. So that's pretty much nipped in the bud. Number two, why couldn't he just stay as Eurogroup president from the position of public expenditure minister? Leo Varadkar, for example, says as a precedent here that the first permanent president of the Eurogroup was Jean-Claude Juncker, who was at the time prime minister and treasury minister of Luxembourg. He, of course, went on to be the president of the European Commission. So that kind of shows you the sort of influence and reputation you can gain using this role. And Pascal Donoghue could well have his eyes on a much higher European heights, uh, European jobs in the future from being Eurogroup president, no doubt would like to keep it on. And that's maybe something that might not only be good for Pascal Donoghue's career, but also Ireland Inc., soft power again on the world stage. And Professor of Economics at UL, Stephen Kinsella, says this particular solution, letting him keep the Eurogroup presidency with a few changes to the, to the role of public expenditure minister, that would be the Team Ireland play. Personalities to the side, Wearing the Irish jersey here, what's the best thing? You need you need someone who is Irish in that job, if at all possible. It's a very coveted role. And the, the Spanish finance minister, she was favoured for it the last time Pascal Donahue beat her by one vote. So I think there's a solution, though. No, nobody so far has said, I don't think Pascal Donahue should be president of the Eurogroup. And what they've all said is, the deal's the deal. Pascal will move to public expenditure. Michael will, will move to finance. That's grand. Um, all that needs to happen is a slightly beefed up um, public expenditure and reform department that so just transfer some of the functions over, um, some of the European functions, and then uh, Michael McGrath in December, the Minister of Finance, simply has to agree that he's not going to attend the Eurogroup uh, meetings and, and Pascal will go in instead. Um, now that, 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 that asks a lot of Michael McGrath. That's no joke, right? That, that's one of the biggest things about being an interest in that. So he would be taking one for the team. Um, um, but the team here is Ireland. Now, there's a lot of sense in what Stephen Kinsella is saying there, but it's not going to happen. If you were going to do that, you may as well keep Pascal Donoghue in finance anyway, because you're taking some of the most important powers away from Michael McGrath. And McGrath agreeing to that would be seen as a sign of weakness within Fianna Fáil, something he can't have if he harbours any ambition to replace Micheál Martin as party leader in the not-too-distant future. Speaking to the This Week programme on RT Radio, McGrath took a bit of a pot shot at Leo Varadkar for raising all of this in public in the first place and shot down that idea of splitting the department. Well, look, that is very much a, a matter for the party leaders. Uh, I, I would make the point that I think it should be discussed privately. Um, it has been aired publicly now on a number of occasions and it has yet to be raised with the Taoiseach. And I think that is a far better way of dealing with what is a very important issue for our country. Uh, my focus, and I know the focus of Minister Donoghue, in the next uh, week or so will be on delivering the budget. I, I think it is important to note that the Minister for Finance is the person who represents uh, the country at 
the Eurogroup. Uh, not to have that continue would represent a significant diminution in the role of the Minister for Finance. And it does sound like a, a tantamount to a division of the Department of Finance, which is not something uh, that we would agree with. So where does that leave us? The government party leaders aren't going to resolve this until after the budget, but it's highlighted the trouble that they're going to have with this historic changeover. Fianna Fáil isn't going to accept Donoghue keeping the finance brief. McGrath doesn't have the clout on the world stage to get elected as Eurogroup president. So the most likely outcome, I think Ireland is going to lose the role to satisfy domestic politics. And there's two ways you can look at that. The one being... The egos of Michael McGrath and Michal Martin have cost Ireland a really high-powered and important role on the international stage. Or two, is this another Phil Hogan scenario? Some people thought Hogan shouldn't go as EU Trade Commissioner after Golfgate because we were in the midst of Brexit and it would be great for Ireland Inc. again to have a Trade Commissioner who could maybe influence things our way as the Brexit shit show fell into place. But has it actually made that much of a difference not having him? Like The EU did a lot of what they said they'd do anyway. So while publicly the politicians say they're not talking about it and let's get through the budget and we're not thinking about it, privately it's the buzz of Leinster House. Dozens of Game of Thrones-esque style rulers are going around. Speculation, for example, that the Taoiseach might shaft Michael McGrath on this to dent his leadership ambitions and sort of have Micheál Martin protect himself there. Rumblings that this could be the start of a major reshuffle of the government by Leo Varadkar when he takes the, the full reins of the office of Taoiseach again. And then some wondering, if Pascal Donoghue isn't finance minister, could he be out of the cabinet altogether? Could we have a big reshuffle and have some of the junior ministers like Peter Burke or Hildegard Nocton sy- siphoned in? So it may be three months to the changeover, but I can tell you now, politics is back with a bang. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and scroll back in your feed to catch up on some of our older shows. Did you happen to see that fireball in the sky last week? Feels really weird even saying that. Well, it looks like it could have been space junk, an old satellite or something. That's a problem we delved into in one of my personal favourite episodes, which you can scroll back and listen to now. Thanks this week to editor John Kyo and to Lachlan Hart, who was on sound. I'm Sean Defoe, and I'll chat to you next week.